On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks wrapped up their three-game road trip with a 5-2 win over the San Jose Sharks on Saturday night. I'll go over the top performers and standouts from the Hawks' first win of the season. And then to wrap things up, per usual, to start off the week will be our Mailbag Monday fan segment. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, October 17th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2. Or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please be sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. Go and rate the show with five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then you can also go and leave me a review. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. Go and follow the show right now, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, because every episode moving forward, folks, is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please do me a huge favor. Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Pushing up close to 500 subscribers, folks, almost halfway to 1,000, which is a really big goal of mine. I'm really trying to keep boosting those numbers up. So if you haven't done so already, please go and help me out by subscribing to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Also, go and smash the like button on this video and ring the bell. Turn on those push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. Hope everyone is uh, staying warm out there. It's real cold in the Chicagoland area today. They like to say in Game of Thrones, winter is coming. Uh, So hope everyone's bundled up, staying warm on this cold Monday morning. Although, on the bright side, it does look like some warmer weather is going to be rolling in this weekend. Things are going to be getting back up into the 60s, perhaps even getting close to 70. So, let's push through these these next couple of days, get through it, knowing that some warmer weather is coming. And uh, that might be the last of it for the fall. So, make sure to go enjoy the outdoors this weekend, folks, because we might not see many more nice days like that uh, until next spring. But, anyways, moving on. Getting into the show this morning, folks, Uh, let's start with the Chicago Blackhawks being in San Jose on Saturday night for the third game of their road trip to kick off the season. Uh, And after a pair of losses to Colorado and Vegas on Wednesday and Thursday, the Blackhawks on Saturday night, I thought, put together their best effort of the season. To be fair, it did come against the worst opponent of the three, uh, but they managed to Go with a really strong effort from start to finish, I thought, for the most part, and came away with their first victory of the season, defeating the San Jose Sharks 5-2. to 
The first thing I wanted to get into on the show this morning, folks, is the effort out of the Chicago Blackhawks. I mentioned I thought it was really solid on Saturday night in San Jose, but I also thought the effort level was really good in the first two games against Colorado and Vegas. And, you know, one moment that I've kind of deferred to here is the Blackhawks in that opening night against the Avalanche. They found themselves behind by a couple of goals after 40 minutes. They were getting largely outplayed. The Avs were the team that was having all the success offensively, tons of high danger opportunities. Peter Morazic is bailing the boys out left and right. And it, it would have been an opportunity going into the third period for the Blackhawks to potentially mail it in. They know the game's probably already lost, especially going up against the defending Stanley Cup champion Avalanche. And I don't want to say this about Jeremy Colleton because it's not something that I know for sure. But it feels like if Jeremy Colleton was the coach of this Blackhawks team in that scenario, I'm not so sure the Blackhawks respond the way that they actually did in that third period under Luke Richardson. They came out still fighting, still battling hard. And they wound up actually making it a little interesting with a goal early on in that third period. And they just continued to fight hard throughout the way. They never gave up. And we know that on paper, looking at this Blackhawks team, we know what the front office is trying to do. They want to be in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. And this Blackhawks team, they just, they're not built to hang with Stanley Cup contenders this season. We all know that to be a reality. And we weren't shocked by the outcome on opening night against Colorado. I think everyone expected the Blackhawks to lose that game. But the one thing I will say is the effort level has been there every game so far. And I know it's only been three games, very short sample size. But I've been really impressed with the way the Blackhawks have fought thus far under Luke Richardson. They never quit. They never said die. They didn't mail it in. They fought hard. And e even when it was a game against Colorado where, like I mentioned, no one's expecting them to win except for maybe those guys in, the, in that locker room, they fought hard from start to finish. And those are the improvements that us Blackhawks fans want to see in this first year with Luke Richardson as the head coach. The Blackhawks, if they can put together those type of compete levels and have that type of effort, Again, we don't expect them to beat the better teams in this league. But if they're fighting hard every night, that's something we can hang our hat on moving forward. And I've been really proud and impressed with the effort level that the Blackhawks have given so far under Luke Richardson's helm. And I don't think it was surprising to see that when they put together that type of effort against a team like San Jose, a team where the Blackhawks, I think it'll actually be more telling because. These are the teams we want to see where the Blackhawks are, are going to be at or compare them to other teams like the San Jose Sharks or, you know, another team who's going to be there probably at the bottom, like let's just say the Flyers or the Arizona Coyotes. Those are the games where we really want to see where the Blackhawks are at because those are the teams realistically that they're going to be competing against. We don't expect them to win against Vegas or to win against Colorado, but against San Jose, that's where we want to see what this Blackhawks team can do. And they really took it to the Sharks for the most part on Saturday night. Uh, other than the, the second half of the first period, it was kind of odd. Blackhawks came out looking sharp. They actually held San Jose without a shot on goal, I believe, for the first 10 minutes of the game. But uh, in the second half of that first period, things just somehow kind of shifted into San Jose's favor. And they ended up scoring the first two goals of the game. Uh, both by some great plays from Eric Carlson. The first one, he just completely faked out the whole Blackhawks team. Uh, and then the second, 
Logan Couture gets some inside position on uh, Seth Jones in front of the net. I think Jones has to fight a little bit harder there and not let it be so easy for, you know, a guy like Logan Couture, a pretty darn good player, to go to the front of the net. Uh, the puck actually banked in off of Seth Jones and skate in past Mrazic. Uh, but all in all, he needs to be tougher to play against in front of the net. Anyways, Blackhawks fall behind two to nothing, even though they were probably the better team in that first period. And Luke Richardson talked about this uh, with the media in his postgame presser. He said he didn't really tell the guys much during the first intermission. He just said that it was clear their legs were going in the first half and they just weren't in the second. So they could get those legs going. Good things are going to happen. And that's exactly what we saw out of the Blackhawks to start the second period. Again, they came out with a good fight, good intensity. They put the second half of that first period in the rear view and just focused on doing what they could moving forward. They actually scored three goals in just over three minutes in the second period to take the lead. And then things just kind of continued to tumbleweed in their favor throughout the rest of the contest. So really impressed with the Blackhawks effort level so far early on in the season. Again, against teams like the Sharks, who appear to be legit contenders in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, they've opened up the season 0-4 now. Uh, but those are the games where I really want to see where the Blackhawks are at, because those are the games where they actually have a chance to win, even though I know some fans out there don't want them to be winning. Um, I think those are the games that are going to be a little more telling for the Blackhawks this season. And uh, when they bring an effort like that, they showed they have a team that's still capable of winning in this league. So a lot of credit to Luke Richardson for you know, just instilling this mentality in the Blackhawks team early on in the season. I really think that's something they're going to be able to hang their hats on moving forward when they actually do have a roster stronger than the one they have right now and can be contenders for the Stanley Cup playoffs once again. Whenever that may be, the work ethic is going to be instilled in these young players, and I really think that's going to be a big key throughout this rebuild. Getting into some of my top performers from this game on Saturday night. I didn't really get into any of the goals or anything, but uh, I did want to say I thought the momentum kind of turned right out of the gate in the second period when Jonathan Taves got the Blackhawks on the board. A tremendous feed from Tyler Johnson to spring Taves for a breakaway, and he goes vintage forehand, backhand, a la game six in 2014 against the St. Louis Blues for a second goal of the season. And let me tell you, Jonathan Taves seen a lot of people saying the captain is back because he has looked so sharp to open up this season for the Blackhawks. Another goal for Taser, which is, you know, I'm really happy for the guy. He's gone through so many struggles in the past few years and he's looking better than he has in quite some time. So hopefully the captain will be able to continue to do those things moving forward. But he was really the one that got the Blackhawks going in the second period, along with an incredible performance from their penalty kill. And not just killing off penalties, no. Sam Lafferty and Jason Dickinson added combined for two shorthanded goals in this game on Saturday night. Uh, and Jason Dickinson, baby, looked phenomenal in his Blackhawks debut. And I know it's only one game. I don't want to get too ahead of myself here. But the fact that Kyle Davidson got Jason Dickinson and a second round pick in exchange for Riley Stillman, who not even sure if he's going to be a full-time NHLer down the road. Yeah, has the making to be a fantastic deal for Kyle Davidson and the Blackhawks. And Dickinson, yeah, just made an impact right out the gate, shorthanded, not only making some smart defensive plays, but incredible effort plays as well. 
working hard to get the puck over to Lafferty in front on both of those goals. And due to their efforts, all of a sudden the Blackhawks had a 3-2 lead there in the second period when just a few minutes earlier they found themselves down by two. So credit to the captain for getting the boys going and then credit to Jason Dickinson and Sam Lafferty for some incredible work on the penalty kill to change the momentum there when it easily could have continued to go in the Sharks' favor on the man advantage. Sam Lafferty and Jason Dickinson said, nah, that ain't happening. They potted two shorthanded goals together uh, to really kickstart things back into the Blackhawks' favor. And also, that third line, don't want to just give the credit to Sam Lafferty and Jason Dickinson while they were shorthanded. I thought that third line looked really good again against San Jose. And credit to Philip Kurashev too. He had another sharp game, I thought. And considering some of the struggles up on the top line with Domi, Athens, CU, and Kane, Trio's been pretty absent here to open up the season. I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Philip Kurashev gets a bump up in the lineup with how well he's looking to start off the season here. So really good effort from the Blackhawks, third line as well, and the penalty kill baby. I mean, there have been ups and downs so far to open up the season on the PK. Uh, but good to see them respond, not only by killing off the Sharks' man advantages, but adding goals of their own while shorthanded. And then in the third period after Taves and the PK really got things back on their side, uh, Taylor Radish goes and pots his first goal of the season on a breakaway. Again, kick-started by Tyler Johnson. Although this time it wasn't a great feed from Johnson, it was a terrific defensive play by blocking a shot at the blue line, springing Radish for a breakaway. And after Radish potted that goal, he immediately pointed to Johnson because he knows that play wouldn't have been possible without him laying out the body in the D zone. So great play there by Johnson and great night from the second line once again. I think they continue to be the Blackhawks' best trio here to open up the year. Taves adds his second goal of the season and each of uh, both Johnson and Radish, I should say, each of them recorded two points on the night in the Blackhawks' victory. And then to go and seal the deal, who else but Dickinson and Radish again connecting for another goal. This time it was Radish who was the one finding the back, or excuse me, it was Dickinson this time finding the back of the net on a two-on-one. He houses a shot past Kapanen for Kakanen. I can't talk right now. I don't know what's going on. Dickinson houses a shot past Kakanen, his first goal of the season with the Hawks, a three-point night for both Dickinson and Lafferty. They were nothing short of incredible. They really provided this team with a spark and provided them with some energy. Jason Dickinson, baby. I think all Blackhawks fans are excited after the start that he got off to. Great to see Sam Lafferty, baby. Fan favorite here in Chicago, chipping in for a three-point game as well. And then I also have to give a shout-out to Peter Morazic real quick because he had another solid showing on Saturday night in San Jose, and the goaltending for the Blackhawks has been Quietly really good to open up the year. I mean, Mrazic did everything he could, as I've already mentioned, in that opener against Colorado. And then even in that game against Vegas, I thought Alex Stalock, as he did throughout the preseason too, looked really good. So Mrazic, another solid performance, deserving of this win against San Jose for just alone all he did against Colorado to keep the Blackhawks in it. And and yeah, this is going to be an interesting storyline to watch throughout the year. Will the Blackhawks be getting good goaltending? Will Peter Morazic be having a bounce back year? If that's the case, this Blackhawks team is capable, I think, of picking up a few more wins than people give them credit for or expected to in the preseason. So 
Uh, great to see, though, that the Blackhawks' goaltending position, even though neither of these guys are going to be part of the future, and I know there are people out there who want the Blackhawks losing. Um, I get that, and you know I want the Blackhawks in the Bedard sweepstakes as well, but it's nice to see these goaltenders perform well, and nice to see this young group pick up a win. Luke Richardson's first victory as a head coach. I thought he's pushed all the right buttons thus far, and Hopefully that will continue to be the case as the Blackhawks continue their march through the regular season. All right, that takes care of all my thoughts. I know I rambled there per usual uh, from the Blackhawks 5-2 win over San Jose on Saturday night. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into a few updates on some of the Blackhawks' top prospects in the organization. But first, I need to talk to you all about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their homes. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. And at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. And I know because I actually do use Simply Safe here in my own home. They always protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And here's why I personally love it Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with. Advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, along with HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. It's just a smarter way to detect motions and alerts, and it only notifies you when the threat is real. And even they even have hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and threats to your home. So anything you're worried about affecting your home, Simply Safe is going to make sure they have it covered. Uh, and you can also go and customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash NHL. You can also save 20% off on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan, and you'll also get your first month for 100% free. All you have to do is visit simplysafe.com slash NHL to learn more right now. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Getting into segment two, let's get into uh, some updates on a couple of the Blackhawks' top prospects that are either playing college hockey or playing junior hockey this season. And unfortunately, not going to be providing the best news on the show here today, folks, because the injury bug, I guess, is going around right now. And several Hawks prospects have been affected and are currently out their respected teams. First, Frank the Tank Nazar, baby, the 13th overall selection by the Blackhawks in the 2022 NHL draft. He's yet to play for Michigan this season and is going to be out for a couple of months, apparently, with an undisclosed injury. And this is definitely some tough news to swallow here because I think everyone, all Blackhawks fans out there, were super soaked to see what Frank the Tank was going to do in his first year with Michigan. One of the most stacked rosters in the entire country with some really high expectations. Once again, playing alongside Adam Fantilli, who's looking to be one of the top selections in the 2023 NHL draft. And it sucks that Nazar is going to miss a lot of time here, it sounds like, and is going to be costed a, a good chunk of his freshman season, man. Definitely not what you wanted to hear, especially after we didn't get to see Nazar at the prospect development camp, or we did see him at development camp. We didn't see him at the Tom Curvers prospect showcase and weren't able to see him in training camp because he's already playing for Michigan and that's illegal. 
Uh, so, yeah, man, I feel really bad for Frank. He's missing a big chunk of a really key season for him. Hopefully it will be a speedy recovery. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for my boy Frank the Tank. And when he does return healthy, hopefully he can uh, really make a big impact for the Wolverines roster because he, he's got an incredible skill set both with and without the puck. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how he's going to develop these next few years. So I know it looks like he's out for a couple of months, but hopefully it's a speedy recovery and Frank the Tank will be able to rejoin the Michigan Wolverines roster here sometime in the not-so-distant future. Also, Colton Dock, second-round pick in the 2021 NHL Draft, took a high hit a few nights ago, a really bad hit by, oh, I forget his name, but he played for the Everett Silvertips of the WHL. He actually got suspended six games for this bad hit on Colton Dock. We don't have an official update, but it was an upper-body injury, and if I had to guess... Golden Doc's probably back in concussion protocol, which is so unfortunate. He missed basically all of training camp while in concussion protocol. Suffered that in uh, the first game of the prospect showcase against the Minnesota Wild. Really hindered his performance in the past couple of months because he just wasn't healthy enough to get out there. He'd be skating ahead of practice with, you know, Paul Ludwinski and some other guys who were banged up, but uh, only got in one game in the preseason due to that concussion and looked pretty good in that game for the Blackhawks. So um, definitely a tough blow for Colton Dock, who also is the captain of the Kelowna Rockets, by the way. Um, they're going to be without their captain, it looks like, for at least a few games here. I'm sure the Rockets want to be extra cautious with Colton, especially after uh, suffering a concussion or being in concussion protocol just a few weeks ago with the Blackhawks. So. Definitely a tough break there for Colton, man, and hopefully he'll be recovering here sometime soon and we'll be back in the lineup for Kelowna in a jiffy. And then Aiden Thompson, too, still not playing for Denver, who's uh, currently number one in the college hockey rankings. Of course, they won the NCAA championship last year with Blackhawks prospect Cole Gutman as their captain. Uh, And yeah, it is weird. I, I haven't heard anything about an injury for Aiden Thompson, but I feel like that would have to be the case after how well he played this summer. I mean, he was incredible at the Blackhawks development camp and then would have made, it sounds like, the United States World Juniors roster had it not been for an injury in the final days of their camp. So uh, I'm really high on Aiden Thompson, and it's it sucks that I'm not able to see what he can do at the college level right now because he's someone I'm super stoked for and I feel like has a well-rounded game to make an impact for that team. So We'll keep an eye on Aiden Thompson, see when he's able to return for the Denver Pioneers. And then also Drew Camesso is dealing with a day-to-day injury right now, too. The second-round pick, the 2020 NHL draft for the Blackhawks. He's in his junior year with uh, the Boston University Terriers. He started the game on Saturday against Michigan, got pulled after kind of shaky start, and now, I guess, has a a day-to-day injury. So for some reason, it's raining down on the Blackhawks prospects right now. Hopefully none of them are all that serious and we'll see these guys back on the ice sometime soon. Sounds like Frank the Tank is the one who's really going to be missing some significant time here. But yeah, four of the Blackhawks top prospects right now, all out with injury at the moment. But I do have some better news here, folks. I will provide a couple of updates on some healthy Blackhawks prospects who are performing well for their clubs at the moment. First, I got to give a shout out to Ryder Rolston, baby, for Notre Dame. He's been playing on the second line a lot with Landon Slager to open up the year, and he's got three goals in the first four games for the Fighting Irish. And Rolston, 
when I've seen him in the past couple of years, it's very evident that his top asset is that strong shot of his and he's put it on display thus far for Notre Dame in their opening four games. So Ryder Rolston really off to a good start in his junior season. Uh, his line mate Landon Slagert has been a little quiet, but we're still pretty early on in the season. Just wanted to mention that Ryder Rolston is fine in the back of the net consistently here so far for Notre Dame. And then Gavin Hayes, the third round pick for the Blackhawks in the 2022 NHL draft, playing with the Flint Firebirds of the OHL. He's been on the top line for the most part to open up the year. And uh, Hayes has three goals and three assists for six points in his team's opening seven games. So uh, Hayes was also someone who I thought I didn't really see a ton of him at development camp, but uh, it, with his chances at the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase and in the preseason as well, I thought he made the most of his opportunity, and I'm a little bit higher on him than I was just uh, a month or two ago, so great to see that Gavin Hayes is off to a strong start with the Flint Firebirds, and then Paul Ludwinski, who was also in concussion protocol with Colton Dock throughout all of training camp, basically. He's returned to the Kingston Frontenacs of the OHL, playing on the top line. And in his first two games, Luds has recorded a goal and two assists. So he's off to a strong start as well. Hopefully he'll be able to stay healthy, uh, avoid a high hit out there. Colton Dock, unfortunately, wasn't able to due to a dirty play. But Ludwinski is someone I'm really interested in. Don't know if he's ever going to be an offensive guru or anything, but his play away from the puck and his hustle and intensity and energy, those are things that I think are going to give him a chance to keep rising through these ranks these next few years. So uh, good to see that at least, you know, some of the other Blackhawks prospects are healthy right now and performing well. Uh, and hopefully that will be the case throughout the entire season because it's going to be a lot of fun to keep up with a ton of these guys. Hopefully they keep progressing. Getting into segment three now today, time for our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. The first question I wanted to answer comes from here we go. From at Captain Pie Double Zero on Twitter or Colin, who's been a longtime listener of the show. Colin, I greatly appreciate you for all your support and for reaching out with your question this weekend. Colin asked, how seriously are we considering a Dickinson bounce back year after that first game? Yeah, I mentioned earlier, I don't want to get too ahead of myself because it has only been one game. Uh, But Jason Dickinson, the way that he plays and can be in the bottom six, provide some offense from time to time, some decent size and physicality, can be a grinder. If he feels like, to me, I know it's only one game, but he feels like a, a Drake Kajula type of guy, someone who can provide you with a little bit of everything, kind of bounce up the lineup and play a little bit of an offensive game, can also go down on the fourth line and be a grinder and a scrapper. I think that versatility, it's, it's something that every team in the NHL is always going to want and always going to have a need for. So whether or not Dickinson finds it here in Chicago, uh, I feel like this is just a really good opportunity for him at this point in his career and also for the Blackhawks because, look, Jason Dickinson, his contract probably isn't going to be enticing to many other teams, but he also, I feel like, is someone who can kind of show, you know, maybe like a Landon Slager or a Paul Ludwinski or different types of guys. I don't know how long Dickinson would be here for, but I feel like he would be a good role model that not everybody in the NHL is an 100-point gifted offensive player and is going to go get on the stat sheet night in and night out. 
there are other ways to make an impact. That's, you know, how you make an NHL roster, even though you're not a consistent point guy. There's different ways to impact this game, and you just kind of got to accept your role and understand the situation that you're in and what you need to provide for this team. Again, I don't want to overblow anything because it's only one game, but Jason Dickinson just looks like the type of player. I don't know if the offense is going to be there every night, like especially like it was on San Jose with three points, but I love the energy and I love what he provides when he's out there, which is defensive responsibility, someone who plays the game the right way. He has experience and isn't going to do any anything fancy. I think he's just going to make all the right reads out there. And I, I think it's a really good spot for him to be in right now on a team that's going to give him a legitimate opportunity to have success. So I don't know if it's going to be a massive bounce back year for Dickinson in terms of overall offense, but I, I do expect him to mesh well with what uh, Luke Richardson is preaching, which is heart, intensity, hustle, fighting to the end, going forward, playing in a straight line, and playing a simple game. That to me. I think meshes well with Jason Dickinson and the type of game that he plays. So we'll see what the offensive numbers are for him this season, but I do think he's in a good spot right now with the Blackhawks and like to see him keep it up because if that bottom six can play an impact for the Blackhawks more nights than that, that's going to go a long way and also will be a great, I think, example moving forward of this rebuild of the type of efforts that the Blackhawks need from everywhere in the lineup in order to be successful as a team. Second question I wanted to answer today was from Landon McClellan. He's been asking a ton of questions lately. Landon, I always appreciate it. Landon asked, hey, Jack, what do you think of the line combo so far? It's very early, and to me, the Kane line isn't clicking. Kaner's beginning to look frustrated. Thanks for the great black box content. Thank you, Landon, for the kind words. I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, it's clear. The top line isn't just hasn't been clicking up to this point, and that was kind of the case throughout the preseason too. That line just wasn't getting the finished product. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, maybe Athanasiu bump down to the third line with Lafferty and Dickinson, and maybe see someone like Philip Kershev go up on the top line with Domi and Kane. I do think they want to keep those two together for as long as possible, Max Domi and Patrick Kane, uh, and. It's still too early to kind of, I think, blow up that duo. But, you know, if 10, 15 games in and Domi and Kane aren't working well together, Luke Richardson might have to go with something else. But uh, aside from that, I think it's been pretty good. Like, thought the second line, Radish, Tyler Johnson, Jonathan Taves, that line definitely needs to stick together. You got to keep Lafferty and Dickinson together after what we saw on Saturday night. Uh, my thing, I guess, would be why isn't Reese Johnson playing? I don't really understand that. Um, especially when like I get Jujar Kara is a good locker room guy and players respect him and he overcame a lot of adversity to get back on the ice this year. Um, I would just be playing Reese Johnson over him every night. It's that simple. Like, what are what are we gonna learn from playing Jujar Kara? We already know what he is. He's a bottom six grinder with no speed. He can be responsible defensively, probably not gonna do anything on offense. Uh, I just don't really get that. Like Reese Johnson. There are some Blackhawks fans out there who hate him. That is true. But he's a responsible fourth-line center who provides physicality on every shift. Like He knows he has to go out there and make hits in order to stay around and to make an impact for this team. And in his first year as an NHLer, he was really good at the face-off dot. So I don't know. I think it's just kind of weird that Reese Johnson hasn't been getting in there consistently given what 
the Blackhawks' purposes as a whole this year. But again, it, it, it's been only three games. Um, and I kind of have the same gripe about Alec Regula. Like, why are we playing Jared Nordy over Alec Regula? That doesn't make sense to me. And sure, you can scratch Regula every now and then, and there are things for him to learn up in the press box. That's 100% true. I'm, I'm not denying that. You could still learn while not playing and watching the game from afar. There's a lot that you can take in. But I also think Alec Regula has done enough to be in the lineup over Jared Tenorio. Like, two games in a row is a healthy scratch. I think that's just dumb. Give him one. Give him a night off. If you don't want to play him back-to-backs, sure. Scratch him in that game on Thursday. But I don't understand not playing him on Saturday in San Jose. And you don't even have to pull out someone like Philip Rose, who's been playing really well, too. Like, you just have to pull out Jared Tenorio we know what he is. So that's kind of my only gripes about this so far. I'd like to see Reese Johnson and Alec Regula, two guys who actually have a future with this Blackhawks team. I'd like to see them get in the lineup over some other guys who don't. Um, that's my only real gripe about the lineup thus far. But again, it is still very early. So I don't want to overreact and don't want to say like Luke Richardson's making some bad decisions out there or anything, but um, definitely something to keep an eye on through this next string of games for the Blackhawks, both the line combinations and whether or not they're going to get uh, Alec Regula or Reese Johnson into the lineup a little bit more consistently. Do I have any more questions here today? No, I think that is going to wrap up, folks. Monday, October 17th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now wherever you get your podcasts, and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, got to be sure to go and check out the Lockdown NHL podcast to get all caught up on everything that's going down across the NHL. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.